Hello and welcome to IEEE Soft Robotics Podcast. In this podcast, we are going to interview researchers from Pulse Academia and Industry about their work, thoughts, spectrum, and more beyond that. This is Marwa Edwini, and I hope you will find this podcast useful. If you would like to connect with us, simply send us, and we will be happy to hear from you. And here is my interview. Thanks. Hello and welcome to IEEE Softball Podcast. Could you please introduce yourself? Hi, thanks a lot for having me here. I'm Beril, uh, Beril Sirmacek. Uh, currently I'm in Sweden, but I'm from the Netherlands. Um, I've got computer vision and AI, artificial intelligence background. Um, I'm highly engaged with uh, applications which use cameras to make decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to uh, develop AI systems which can uh, see either disease or crops or uh, any other conditions outside like self-driving cars vision uh, to detect the objects, their conditions automatically. And I want to add out of AI in this process to make the uh, systems as robust and as general uh, as having general intelligence as much as possible perfect so i would like to go when you were a child have you ever thought about um, intelligence system robots or something like that how this give you intuition to get in this field oh that's a very nice question um and when i was a child uh, well i i was born in 1980s mm-hmm. so at that time we didn't have uh, smartphones and uh, lot, uh, computer games like this we had physical toys mm. and uh, first time when i was a child i had a, a robot a small robot i think many of the engineers mm-hmm. at that moment have similar experiences i i was really impressed how this robot can walk and say some things but it was also frustrating to me that this robot does so limited number of actions mm-hmm. and he can say so limited number of words i was really wishing that uh, how can we put a little bit more uh little bit tiny little bit intelligence to say different things and surprise me sometimes or at least be aware of the outside condition like if i'm playing say something else if i'm eating say something else like so that that was really triggering my interest that's very brilliant Um, so um, i would like to ask you how, how in that perspective you would define robotics or intelligent system from your experience Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we need robotics uh, in, and intelligent systems as software a lot uh, to make our repetitive tasks, first of all, uh, by, by them, uh, because we human beings, I think at this age in 2020, we shouldn't be doing repetitive tasks. We should be uh, learning and doing novel tasks while the robots are doing those repetitive tasks. Of course, unless the person doesn't in, uh, mm. enjoy, uh, person enjoys it, he, he can, he, she can do that. Of course, um, but for instance, um, it's always a question: uh, Is AI going to take over all the jobs, like something like that? 
Mm-hmm. Of course, that will not be. Uh, if, if I mean, if they do those tasks, they will not take our jobs. But our job definitions are going to change, uh, and they must change. So we shouldn't be doing those repetitive tasks. Mm-hmm. The computer and robotics uh, should be doing that. Software must be doing that, and we humans must be focused on focusing on doing novel things, creative things, innovative things, or more human perspective things. Uh, I can add one more example. Mm -hmm. For instance, at the moment, uh, at hospitals, uh, many doctors are uh, drawing the tumor boundaries by hand uh, at at this age still, because they need to uh, label the tumor uh, in so many images, in so many layers of this 3D scan, they have to manually label it, like drawing mm-hmm. on a paint program. Yeah. And um, it takes like eight hours, so a full day of a doctor to prepare a patient to uh, radiotherapy. And they need to do that for having the patient to radiotherapy. And it's a, a sort of easy task. Uh, for uh, software to do that automatically and if software does it in that 80 hours of course the doctor will not become jobless but uh, doctor will be doing literature search communicating with other doctors maybe inventing a new medicine and communicating with patients and they're they're, uh, writing some conference papers visiting other hospitals he can do lots of other things which can help to humanity better sitting and drawing boundaries. Mm-hmm. I like this perspective. Yeah, I agree with you. So if I ask you, how, how do you see the progress of robotics and intelligent system in the last decades? How you would see it? I think we are not going as far as uh, uh, as fast as possible. We could go faster. Maybe this corona situation is accelerating us, it's helping us Mm. uh, because I see that uh, in order to do inventions now, people really dropped out their ego feelings and they are really trying to learn novel fields. They try to see how I can help, how I can help to a community. And they started to reach to hackathons or join to online group to develop some new robotics or new drugs to uh, patients. Uh, so this kind of collaboration speeded up with Corona. I think there are some such side effects which could be nice of this event uh, going on. Mm-hmm. Um, however, in general, I don't see the speed of the development as fast as possible. Um, it could be faster if uh, we did more collaboration because uh, one person is expertise in one area and that's not enough to make a complete workflow or product or to test it, validate it. Uh, There must be more people specialized in uh, different fields to make something like uh, working all together. I think that's a very interesting point. Do you think that comes down that we don't understand different language from different field and that's why maybe we have this kind of uh, limitation advancing robotics 
when it comes to... We cannot and we shouldn't. We should be an expert in one field. Mm -hmm. And we we cannot be experts in all fields and develop one thing by ourselves. If we say we do so, I think it's um, too limited vision. I think we are lying to ourselves. Yeah. So if I ask you, what are the most misconceptions about robotics and AI from your experience? Uh, in robotics and AI, uh, AI is, an, is not a new field. I mean, AI was there in 1950s. Mm. And uh, that's also why I don't understand the worries about is AI going to take our jobs. It didn't take last uh, 70 years. It will not take next 70 years mm -hmm. either. But um, we should be developing and changing our job descriptions. But uh, coming to your question, uh, what, what things are missing? Um, uh, I think one thing mainly missing is uh, the collaborations with different fields and to make a complete uh, chain uh, in our projects and uh, not claiming that we know everything. <laughs> and the second thing, the recently uh, AI field offered us a lot of nice tools and libraries that we can use. And um, at the moment, it's so easy to train a network and to get some results and to put it somewhere and make it work and given some automated uh, detection and stuff. But um, uh, that's, uh, I mean, it turned into uh, like programming, not really doing uh, scientific work. Mm -hmm. So uh, in, in my, um, uh, I don't want to be so hard to people mm -hmm. who are working in the field of AI, mm -hmm. uh, but I think they would agree with me that we should um, focus on uh, understanding what we do and understanding what results we have. And um, when we put our results, our side also. Uh, for myself, for my research, I love to put my bad results outside. Um, I think they are telling a lot about the system. I really don't appreciate uh, research results and papers who are given only good results and uh, how good it is working. And 99% we've got ex uh, performance in this data set. I'm curious about a data set where you've got 10% performance and I want to know why. I think we have to be more self-judgmental, open, honest, and sharing those results also I mean, sometimes it's hard to say, like, I've got 10% performance, but we can also learn a lot from it. It also helps to develop something stronger later. I think it's a very important point you highlighted. And I'm curious to ask you, do you think it comes down to maybe a cultural thing in research community that you are discouraged to share negative results about your research? And how we can yeah. enhance this to be more welcome in in community of publishing and academic world as well. How do you see that? Exactly, exactly, exactly. I think we should encourage our each other to uh, also put bad results outside. We can learn a lot from it, and yeah. if we really want to develop robust systems which can automatize things fully. Uh, 
in a reliable way uh, in the future, we need the, those bad results. And we need to be curious to understand why it's bad, when it's bad. Yeah, yeah. So if I ask you, what are the most important questions that should be considered while you're doing research in robotics field, integrated with artificial intelligence, when you start the project? What is the most important question? Or maybe another word is that, what do you think the question may be missing by community um, in, in our research recently? Do you think about this question? The, the, the most, most important thing for me, uh, first of all, if it aligns with my values. I want mm. to work in topics in, uh, in the projects which are aligned with my values. If you bring me a project which gives me the titles of that most of the people honor and uh, if it gives me uh, so much money that I can swim in it but uh, the project topics kills uh, lots of animals or does stupid things to people hurt someone or make a lot of uh, uh, rubbish on the planet I don't want to be part of that project because I will not have those title or money when i'm going away from here but i want to go with a with a feeling that i did contribute something which i really love and enjoy so aligning with my values is the first thing mm -hmm. and um, when i start i first check if it's aligned with my values if it's a uh, little bit no and that means totally no that i cannot be part of it um and the second thing I really want to uh, check if I do enjoy developing and researching in this area. And sometimes the results are uh, valuable to people and outside. And uh, maybe the topic is already researched a lot and there are not so many novel things to put or needed i mean maybe the solutions are already existing so it's also a question in a scientific way is it helping me to uh put more my curiosity and enjoy learning more and yeah things like that i think these are the first and the other things of course coming later but they are more minor i think this is noble message but i would like to ask you to think uh... When we have kind of research, do you think ethics and regulation is fully deployed in our research community? Because I think that's something very important. Do you think we still lack regulation in, um, in scientific research when it comes to this field? Probably so, but it's hard to um, hard to know how it can be done. I mean. Uh, is it a political party is going to rule or is it the government going to rule and mm -hmm. is the company going to rule who is going to rule this yeah. uh, criteria if our scientific research is um, doing good on, on the earth and it's also a discussion what is good I mean uh, different people have different ideas and um, I again want to just stand on my own values mm -hmm. and um, going through the uh, line which I find good. Yeah. So if I ask you from your expertise, how you define intelligent robotics or intelligent in general, and I, I'm, I'm curious to see your perspective about this part. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, intelligent system uh, first understands the state that we are in correctly and gives response uh, in a uh, correct way, in, in a way that we need response from the system. And robustness relies on many issues in this way. First of all, uh, is the robot or system able to understand the current situation? Knowing exactly, like my small robot in the childhood, Mm. does he know, uh, am I playing or am I eating? Uh, Or uh, another intelligent system in the hospital could be this patient is having this kind of cancer or this kind of uh, cancer and then making a decision. Uh, and this decision part is another AI making uh, the right decision and the given output um, to display it or making some robotic actions, uh, doing what's really needed in the environment in a reliable way. Uh, there are a lot of things uh, in this chain that I mentioned, first observing the state, knowing the right state, making the decision and giving the output. Uh, there are lots of parameters that we um, don't know exactly how to fit a model or if it's possible to fit a model at all. So these are all open questions, but very interesting ones. Mm-hmm. And do you think what could be the most uh, technological roadblocks for robotics in that case? Uh, the most technological one should be the most reliable, trustful one. And also, I expect um, the robots or systems to uh, explains how, explain how um, they derive their result or decision. So it's sort of field of explainable AI, but we need to explain explainable AI yeah. even further to make the results really communicated in a reliable way with the patients. If the robot uh, has decided uh, this uh, uh, crop with a disease or if the software has decided this patient has cancer stage three, I want to know why uh, they made this decision and how, explain me. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, communicate with me uh, like communicating uh, from person to person explain me what and why so I can trust on you Mm. and uh, and the robots should be uh, or the intelligence systems should be developing more uh, with communicating with the user and um, also get some feedback from the user when it's possible. Maybe the person that you communicate is the expert in the field and the robot is really wrong. And robots must be lifelong learning when there's an expert in uh, giving a feedback. That's a good point. So do you think that, uh, how do you see the trade-off between models and data? Do you think we have to go farther step ahead of black box models who have explainable um, systems? Uh, that's a good question and I think we don't know exactly how, but we know, need to investigate um, if our models are uh, fitted, overfitted too much in our uh, training data and how transferable the knowledge is uh, when a new different type of data set comes in. And in this process, we don't know how the second data set is 
coming uh, is it coming from a different sensor is it coming from a different environment so the difference is it because of the sensor or because of the environment for instance but what is causing the difference and why my system is uh, behaving differently on different data sets which i didn't use for training Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, we, we, we need to understand more about transferring the knowledge and what to transfer when. Yeah. So if I ask you, what do you see the biggest discrepancy between engineering problems present in robotics and autonomy and the work is being done in academia and research groups? Yeah, in industry, they are, of course, focused on results and giving results to their customers in the quickest way. Yeah. And um, they, they, they want uh, fancy results and they, they want the customers to be happy as soon as possible. So the industry is always oriented on making things work as quickly as possible. And that might be this fortune for academics who are um, uh, partners in partnership with industry because they want to put more time in understanding what they do but the company wants results doesn't matter mm. uh, if we really understand how it works or not and that's a little bit disadvantage but on the other hand uh, the, uh, it's a big disadvantage for academician to work alone without any industry connection uh, because uh, the problems uh, that we generate in academia could be artificial. Uh, in, in real life, maybe they are dealing with other problems. And if our passion is to be helpful for, for the world uh, in the academic work that we do, uh, we need to be uh, open to a little bit sense their pain. Their mm. pain is definitely different than the pain that we assume in academia. So uh, we need to be open to understand a little bit. Yeah. So if I ask you what are the current challenges you want to solve or maybe the coming project you focus on? I'm focusing on a few different projects as always uh, at the moment. I'm working with uh, smart offices, uh, which really needs um, a sensor fusion and um, to understand the human activity in indoor environment. And um, here the challenge is uh, in smart office environment, we need to use sensors uh, which cannot make the uh, human identifiable. Uh, because of the GDPR rules. Uh, therefore, our input quality is really, really very low. Uh, no person is possible, uh, uh, no person is seen clearly, but still we start try to understand the person's activity. Yeah. So it's the uh, funny challenge that I'm dealing with. So I try to put some models to predict what could be the activity. Mm -hmm. And another thing, I'm working with the self-driving car project, but it's not the focus of the self-driving part, but I'm looking at the computer vision part to identify people and um, to predict their future motions, their next steps uh, for safety. That um, if, if a child is playing next to the road, maybe mm -hmm. he could run into the road next uh, next step. 
but uh, can we predict uh, human activity? Great. And what could be the limitation you expect limitation uh, in the long term? Um, well, in the smart office uh, situation, limitation is the sensor resolution. As I said, uh, I'm, I have to use sensor, which is really very bad quality given data yeah. because of GDPR. And uh, I have to make something out of this <laughs> very bad data. And um, uh, second project's challenge is different. It's um, uh, a camera in the car and moving really fast. Uh, so the de decisions and the detection things should be running really real time, even faster than real time. It has to do prediction even for the next frame. And it's using very high resolution data. Mm -hmm. I don't have sensor challenge, but I've got uh, process time challenge. Yeah. So if I ask you about simulation, because if we see the company Starsky uh, for solar driving trucks after they fall because of the expensive collecting of data set. Um, and if I ask you, do you think simulation um, is really advanced to the level that we can predict what could happen in real world instead of going directly yeah. and investing yeah, in physical robots? How do you see that? Still, simulation environments is cheap or sometimes it's free and you can run thousands, millions of simulations even parallel way to learn a lot from from it. But then the question comes how transferable the tra mm -hmm. simulation knowledge to the real life. And it's the second challenge to be solved. But definitely there must be some uh, learning from the simulation environment and there must be. Mm -hmm. And how do you see the accuracy? Do you think we still have a lot of challenges for catching the, the real scenarios? How do you see definitely, that? Definitely, um, definitely, yeah. No simulation environment will reflect the real life, I believe, even though the simulation environments are getting more and more higher quality mm. to uh, generate realistic environments. But nevertheless, in real life, we've got so many unexpected situations like the crash of the first self-driving car. It's assumed uh, the person with a bicycle, uh, the car assumed it was a, uh, a small piece of plastic bag like something and uh, the car drew over the person unfortunately mm -hmm. and we cannot pre simulate things that we don't know it can happen yeah. and things happen in real life mm -hmm. so i would like to ask you do you feel that the current technology deep learning that startup can build application can be scaled without having resources from google amazon facebook Definitely, definitely. Very in so lucky times. I mean, uh, uh, when I was studying university, we didn't, uh, I mean, I don't want to say this uh, to, yeah. to be <laughs> like, uh, we didn't have this, we didn't have this. I, I was so lucky, uh, <laughs> lucky child that we had so many things. I mean, yeah. I, I was coming from a good uh, family, I'm so lucky. But uh, because of the technological developments, when I was studying the university, I didn't have internet connection at home. And I didn't have the chances that people uh, studying university have at the moment. Uh, now you've got all the YouTube resources, all everything on internet, all the answers that you're seeking for. You want to develop an Android app at the moment. You open the YouTube or watch tutorials and you've got everything. I mean, you, you've got everything under your hand. You can even finish a university from just sitting 
uh, in your kitchen with your laptop, yeah. uh, you can complete a, a master degree, for instance. That's possible at the moment. Yeah. So do you think that any significant decision, and I think that's a question maybe there's a lot of debate about it, mustn't be delegated to a machine, a machine like self-driving car. I would like to hear your perspective about the point. Do you agree with this statement or not? And why? Uh, I, I think the self-driving car cars must be built and they are really very important to be built. Um, um, but I, I think we uh, need to a little bit switch our ideas about how we want to use it. Um, uh, for safety, uh, I think it's good that a self-driving car always observes the environment and uh, takes over the car when there's an immediate situation to act. But I wouldn't uh, really be in the side that to say that the self-driving car should drive all the way. I mean, if I'm driving from Sweden to the Netherlands, yeah. it's 10 hours driving. Uh, I don't wish that self-driving car drives by itself 10 hours and I sit at the back seat. Mm. So I don't think that should be the focus. The focus could be uh, I drive myself. Uh, I drive the car, but it becomes rainy, it becomes dark, I become too tired after driving six hours, eight hours. Maybe my reflexes are not working very yeah. well and I miss something. Uh, a truck may be overtaking me. I don't see that and I want to switch the lanes and an accident mm -hmm. could happen. And a self-driving car should be observing all these situations and stop me to do uh, wrong decision or take over the car when there's something unexpected to save my life. Not to make me sitting in the back seat, but to uh, be there always to save my life. Yeah, I agree at this point. Yeah, you're right. Maybe that's focus may be changing. Yeah. So I would like to ask a question about um, artificial general intelligence, because I think you are most interested about this kind of uh, thoughts about how we can reach this level. And I, I think me and others are really starting in the field with some others say that maybe we can't use deep learning or uh, symbolic approaches or hybrid approach. None of these will be uh, even used. I don't know how for your experience, how you think about um, a machine that really mimics human intelligence. If you think about that with yourself, how yeah, how you'd answer? Uh, I've got a different theory for that. Yeah. Um, I I feel like we are missing a lot. Yeah. Uh, because when we try to build an AI or AGI, yeah, our all focus is human brain. Yeah. Uh, we try to uh, copy the intelligence of intelligence of human brain, um, for instance, by looking at neurobiology or neuroscience, try to understand how the human brain works. And we try to make systems who can work like human brain. But I feel like we, we humans uh, are considered as AGI, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so we humans are not only brain. The brain is only one. Uh, organ in our body and i feel like i mean that's that's not something that i 
tell you from a different reference maybe i'm just uh, messing up making up things yeah. uh, but that's my own idea is that uh, i believe intelligence in human is in each cell in all around the body and mm. uh, for instance uh, gut in the human body is assumed as the second brain it's even maybe making more urgent decisions like we say you've got a gut intuition you have a gut yeah. feeling and because of the gut feeling we've got a decision it's not because i observed something i made a process in my mind it's i had an intuition like you go out suddenly you don't know why yeah. and something explodes in your house but you had a gut feeling that you have you have to leave the house mm-hmm. i mean we we all had some strange experience in our past we had a feeling we did something and it saved us from some bad results maybe mm. we all have some gut feeling and that's an intelligence we never focus we assume that the intelligence is only in the brain but we've got intelligence in all around body i for achieving agi uh my proposal is that we need to understand ourselves as human more and mm. we need to understand the uh, neural system the decision making even the intuition how the intuition is coming things like that and um maybe try to model a different neural network not only the deep layers which represent the brain but maybe getting feedback from some other neurons which uh, mimic some other organs like giving some triggers mm-hmm. uh, getting some other input senses in our body that's an interesting aspect about gut feeling do you think it comes down to emotion maybe we have to go for like a limbic system for example or that kind of do you think that's yeah. something we have to go for i i don't know what's the uh, if i'm i'm not able to explain the difference between emotion and intuition uh emotion is more result i think result of the uh, thoughts that we are rendering but intuition is more like uh something uh input yeah. uh, one is result one is input maybe uh but uh nevertheless i think we will never achieve and build a real agi but we will uh achieve uh agi like systems yeah yeah so if i ask you how we ensure robotics is going to be beneficial to humanity as a well, whole in terms of the research and project funding when we start project from first day to the journey of three years or four years how we can make sure this going to meet this question yeah very good question very difficult to answer we also need to consider that in uh, four years times things are going to change uh, so maybe the proposal that we write in the beginning will not be so much relevant and hot topic as much as we wish at the time comes when we want to show our results. Mm-hmm. So maybe a um, little bit more f- flexible approach uh, are good. Um, and also, yeah, that's, uh, that's really hard to describe. I mean, it depends on the project topic a lot and the connections, the uh, partners a lot. But I think we need to um, develop projects which have elasticity. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you can mention what is the most impressive or mind-blowing AI systems you ever witnessed and an opinion and why? Um, most impressive AI systems. Uh, that's an excellent question. Uh, well, actually, I'm sometimes impressed by how um, some social net uh, networking, social media uh, apps are working, uh, making sometimes so relevant recommendations. Yeah, and. Uh, also, they make those uh, relevant recommendations by looking at uh, a data of, of course, they've got data of me, but this data has so many features, how you process these features to find that relevant data, which is really interesting to me. For instance, when I open YouTube, it first opens a page of the recommended videos, and I want to watch all of them because they are really relevant. and. Uh, I'm, I'm not pretty sure how it really picks it up. Um, so such daily things are quite impressive at the moment already, I think. Yeah. So um, since you really working on also in um, as, as aspect of industrial industry as well, I, I think you you have a award winning farm AR app, and I would like to ask you what makes a startup or company in robotics AI is successful from your experience? Uh, thanks a lot for mentioning. Yes, uh, I've got my own company as well because I'm so much oriented to putting my results to outside. And uh, in in my experience, it, it, it was a difficult work because mm. uh, it had to be a chain to automatize everything to user and communicate with the user um, who, who is not software developer. Uh, I think the most challenging one thing for me was not writing the software and but more to communicate with the user. Um, I mean, uh, you're an expert in one field, uh, say uh, in soft robotics, for instance, uh, you cannot give the soft robotics results to a person who is going to use it uh, and who has no soft robotics education mm. uh, in a way that like showing parameters or terms that you use to uh, you, you use commonly, maybe it's relevant to you, but uh, people outside have no idea um, i think the engineers are missing a lot how to communicate our results with uh, with people outside and the user and the greatest experience to me i think the life experience i had there mm. uh, was how to communicate the scientific results uh, with people who are not from scientific field yeah that's very important so if i ask you where innovation mostly comes from innovation innovation comes from uh first of all uh and seeing the problems and acknowledging it that's an open problem and being curious about seeing open problems i mean uh looking if there is a problem somewhere and could it be solved with uh, scientific field that I'm working on 
And the second thing is, again, should come something from heart. It's about what I want to contribute. And is the problem that I want to contribute, is it aligning with my, um, with my values? And uh, innovation definitely comes by itself if you want to solve a problem. Uh, because every problem will have a unique nature so it should be solved in a unique way or with a unique combination of the existing ways uh, so innovation comes automatically when we we are open to see the problems yeah so since you're just in outreaching and you have a stronger striders in this regard could you please tell us more about um, how you envision uh, your end goal of outreaching uh, because you have YouTube channel as well. So that's something uh, if you can share with us as well. Um, I, I think education uh, should be available um, to everyone. And at the moment, uh, we've got a great opportunity that we we can share the knowledge with a lot of people. And uh, it's my pleasure if people who cannot um, come to university and follow the programs, if they can still open YouTube and follow our courses, um, uh, it, it will be a pleasure to me if I can help to at least two people on the earth. Um, they, I mean, also why not? I mean, uh, I'm already recording my lectures uh, for my students. Why not make it into public and more people can benefit from it? I mean, I'm not losing anything uh, yeah. by giving away. Yeah. Uh, so do you think um, human or robotics can get along in the future? You think it to be competitive or... Um cooperative how, how you see this kind of interaction between human and robots or AI systems in the future um, I don't think robots will have their own intelligence to uh, take over the world and yeah. uh, lead the humans like something like that I don't believe in these kind of scenarios uh, they could be competitive in some tasks for instance at some point a robot or system does automated tasks like this labeling in at the hospital all this tumor uh, maybe a robot does does it better hopefully it does better in the future so that can be competitive with a real person and how nice it is if he does i mean if the robot is working better and competitive yeah. and it also depends on the focus i mean if the person who is building the robot and or making software is helping people it's a good idea that it's competitive and it's doing better so the person can be engaged with more creative things but if it's competitive in a bad way it's also depends on the person who is building the robot or the system uh, to do some harm then i mean it it all depends on the intention of the person who is building these systems so again it turns back to our own intention and values when we do things yeah so um, i would like to ask you to think ego in search situation is important to the researcher in your life in our journey in academia or industry in work like ego is important when you deliver ideas um i i don't think ego is um, 
doing good, but also uh, there is no way that we can get away from our ego. So if the person is saying that I spent six months in India on top of the mountain and I don't have any ego anymore, that's also a lie because or mm. he's lying to himself. Because as long as we are in human body, in human experience, we will have ego. Uh, it's also sometimes trying to save us. Uh, ego is also trying to be good to us, but sometimes it can take over our actions uh, if we are not conscious of ego. So uh, it's good to be aware that ego is always there and not to fight with it, just to be conscious that it's there. And in the con being conscious uh, to its presence is enough already to not be led by it, but to observe that it's there. And sometimes it's trying to protect us. Yeah. So in Lucas 100 year, what does saying you wish for humanity can do? Uh, in next hundred years, I really wish that uh, human disease and uh, uh, disease of crops also are predicted uh, so much earlier than they happen. So the prediction systems and early reaction, early action should be uh, available for all for human healthcare and for our food uh, care uh, because. Um, yeah, for instance, for cancer, I mean, you know, if it's uh, diagnosed in very early stages, the person has so much more chances to uh, be rescued. And same for the crops. If the diseases are detected so much earlier, we've got more chances to save our crops. It's very important for our food, food security. Uh, not so far away, not 100 years later, but maybe in two, three years, yeah. uh, we will have a very serious food crisis. So what is, we're coming to the end, but I'd like to ask you, what is the most inspiring book that keeps you inspired every day you ever read, you have ever read? Uh, oh, very good question. I could prepare something for it, but uh, I, I'm not prepared for it. But I think, I'm not, I, I, I'm most of the time inspired by quotes of uh, people and especially inventors, uh, scientists from past. But uh, I think the best thing we could be inspired from is the nature and the silence. It's uh, no word is more words than ever else. So if we uh, just, uh, spend time in the nature at least one hour a day just walking and be present there we should realize that we are part of it we are we humans are not the ones who must be um, chasing things and ruling the nature and we are part of the nature especially in this lockdown period i hope most of the countries are observing now mm. all kind of animals are running in the city they exactly. are playing in the parks beautiful uh, on the street all the lions elephants yeah. goats and they are in everywhere i think i hope this is a chance to realize that it's not humans planet we mm. humans are just a part of it but it's everyone's planets 
it's animals planet as well they've got all the rights to use the roads to use the parks to use the backyard of yours they've got all the rights because they are also citizen of this planet by being outside and just be silent in the nature one hour if it's possible a day we should realize the truth that yeah that's part of it that's a beautiful message yeah so finally what is the best advice was given to you with it personally and professionally and was like a life changing to you would like to share with us a life-changing thing that i try to practice myself uh, something that i learned called karma yoga yeah. uh, which means that um, being present uh but also allowing uh, but um it, it's it's in a way that um uh, you for instance uh, you be present and you are stressed about writing a report or submitting a research proposal and you want to make it in a best or better than other people and you want to get this grant and get the funding and all the stuff that's very nice uh when you are going through this process also allowing things to unroll by themselves mm. to happen by itself so balancing it i mean both rushing things running after things chasing things but on the other hand balancing it with allowance so can i also let it go and unroll in the best way that it should without my pushing and sometimes it unrolls towards a way which is much greater than we could do it by ourselves that's valuable advice so finally if you have any final words you'd like to share for robotics community final words um, well i really appreciate uh how people in this period in covid 19 outbreak um people became so eager to use their time at home. I mean, most of the people are working at home at the moment and people start to work really so many hours to read the articles about, about COVID-19 and see how I can help. Can I process this data? Can I help to make face masks or process some chest images? uh so i i really appreciate how this happened people really uh wanted to help and wanted to learn new things and um i think we should learn from this that we can we can do this and we should continue thanks so much for thoughtful discussion and on behalf of i robotics i would like to thank you for your time thanks so much Brill. thank you Thanks a lot for inviting me. It was so nice to talk to you. Thanks so much.